There still seems to be plenty of disagreement on how good Colorado could be in year one under Coach Prime, under Deion Sanders. I'm going to talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Bober. Today's episode, we got a good one. We're talking about what it will take for Colorado to make a bowl game in year one and why people are still doubting them. Um, there's some transfer news, both in and out for Colorado, so I'll talk about that. And then we're going to be talking about the most improved units in college football. Hint, hint, Colorado is – they got two of them. Um, but before we do, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Your team every single day right here. Okay. Let's dive right in. Um, I think there's been a lot of discussions. There's been a lot of disagreements as to how good Colorado could be right away. Um, they brought in a ton of new talent. They brought in a great new staff, great new players. Um, last year's season, last year feels like two years ago. Um, last year doesn't even feel relevant anymore because there's only 10 returning starters or starters, 10 returning scholarship players, probably not even starters. Um, Coach Prime came in. He told the the guys from last year's roster, I'm bringing in your replacements, and that he did. Uh, but even with all of the replacements, I feel like people are still a little on the fence about how good this Colorado team could be. So I'm going to talk about why I think they will be good um, and then what could prevent them from being good, which I've kind of touched on before. Um, but I saw this article um, written – or it was comments made by Phil, Phil Steele. Sorry, his name's always like a – little tongue twister and Phil Steele is one of the pre uh, preview guys that does a lot of good previews. He has like a all American team and stuff like that. And so I always love reading his stuff, but um, when it comes to Colorado, I'm a little confused at the evaluation here. I won't lie uh, because while he does compliment how good they improved and how they have better players everywhere, he talked about how the two deep is way better than last seasons. He did say this team is an unknown quantity and enigma. But one thing I do know is that there are very few soft spots on the schedule that will make contending in the Pac-12 or even a bowl game unlikely in the first year of this total rebuild. Um, okay, I see what he's saying. The schedule, very difficult. I agree with that. There's You won't get an argument from me here. Um, I've already pointed out the six games that I think they could win. Um, they got Colorado State, Nebraska, uh, Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, Washington State. That's six right there. Um, I think there's winnable games on the schedule. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the easiest path for Colorado, but I feel like we're underestimating the amount of talent that Colorado has brought in. And I think that's where I get a little confused with some of these preseason evaluations because people are confident enough to say, yeah, they brought in a ton of talent. But then when it's time to talk about how good they, they could be, obviously we don't know. We're not going to be able to know until we see them take the field. But we talk about how much talent they brought in. And then all of a sudden when it's time to be like, yeah, I think Colorado could be good. Everybody's like, eh, I don't know about that. I won't go that far. And I'll take it that far. I think they can make a bowl game if these three things happen. One, Shadur Sanders, the quarterback, if you're unfamiliar, son of Coach Prime, he needs to be, I want to say a star right away, but he needs to excel much quicker than a normal transfer quarterback would. Um, like Cam Ward, for example, this past season. Uh, he came from Incarnate Word, went to Washington State, as we all know, FCS to the Power 5 jump. 
had shining moments, had some questionable moments. Shadur doesn't have time for questionable moments because if he has questionable moments, then this it means this team's probably not going to be going. Um, that's the first thing. They need Shadur to thrive right away. He's put in work this offseason with Tom Brady and other other greats and stuff like that. So confident in Shadur. Um, it just needs to click on the field. Two, the offensive line needs to protect Shadur. Um, I think the offensive line is still one of the bigger issues for this team, and I really don't want to discredit the amount of work they've put in, but I also think that they have a long ways to go um, in terms of just realistically being a solid unit um, that could protect Shadur. Um, I think that's something that obviously Shadur, Shadur can run, but you don't want your quarterback run for his life. And three, um, they need a couple lucky breaks. Uh, it's, this isn't really like a football evaluation, but every year in college football, I think there is one or two games per season where something's just going your way or something's not going your way. And you lose those games by single digits or something. Um, I think last year, for example, um, I was covering Stanford. Uh, I still am, but I was at the Stanford game against Oregon state and Stanford has a lead about 24 seconds left, whatever. Um, all they have to do is prevent Oregon state from driving down the field and scoring in 24 seconds, no timeouts for the Beavers. And all of a sudden, Oregon State throws an out route to a receiver who kind of reminded me of Michael Crabtree back in the day against Texas, catches it by the sideline, breaks a tackle or two, and all of a sudden he's running running for six. Um, unlucky break for Stanford. Very lucky break for Oregon State. Their coach actually told me that was one of their turning points of the season for them. Um, Colorado just needs to be on the right end a couple of those um, because there's going to be instances like that where it's like, oh, no, um, something happens, and all of a sudden Colorado – and maybe they lose by one or something. You got to be on the right side of the lucky breaks, which obviously the best way to do that is limit your mistakes. Um, so those are my three things. Um, I think a bowl game is very possible. I don't think, I think people, and I can't blame them because Colorado last year was so terrible. Um, I think sometimes people are still looking at Colorado through the lens of it's that one and 11 team. And it's really not, it's a different team, different roster, different coaching staff, um, different everything. Um, it's like, It'd be like if you, I don't, let me see. Hmm. If you bought a used car, I guess, but then it's like a, I guess, buying a used car that has no miles on it, but it's an older used car. So say it's like a 2022 or something, and everybody's like, or 2020, we'll go 2020. It's like buying a 2020 car, and everybody's like, ah, oh, it's been on the road for three years, but actually it hasn't. Um, it's just been chilling. Um, it's been in pristine condition, all the, everything's upgraded. It's got all the cameras, the sensors and all that, but people are like, Oh, but it's a 2020. So it's got to have some mileage on mileage on it. It doesn't Colorado has an improved roster. Um, coach prime brought in some of the best recruiters in the country. He brought in some of the smartest minds. I talked about it yesterday. They have a championship culture in Colorado. He, we saw the video. Um, he called out his own son Shiloh for being late to something. I'm not sure what the punishment was, but there was definitely a punishment. You could tell after Coach Prime said, cut the video. Um, not a great sign for Shiloh and the other guys that he was talking to, but he has a culture here in Colorado that they just didn't have before. And I think it's going to pay dividends when they move forward and they're trying to pursue this bowl game. And honestly, I think people forget a bowl game only means six wins. Obviously, six wins is a lot when you're coming from one win. But again, different roster. Colorado has seven winnable games where I am I think they could be um, – they could really contend easily with those with those games. Now, obviously, the odds makers that be don't agree with me because I think I saw that Colorado is the underdog in eleven of the twelve. 
games, which I'm sure, assuming the one game is Colorado State that they're not the favorites in. But Colorado, I think people are underestimating how good they could be um, with all their transfers. And I think people also are still attaching that uh, dreaded last Carl Durrell year to this team and a completely different team. I don't think you compare that's like a far, far comparison. I, I don't. I don't see how it's a fair comparison, but at the end of the day, we got to wait and see. Um, I have said it multiple times. I think a bowl game is very possible for Colorado, and I think that'd be a great season for Coach Prime in year one. And I think other people are a little hesitant to do that, but or say that, but here I am saying it. So this episode is brought to you by one of my favorite sponsors, Bird Dogs. Um, bird Dogs, they make you look good. A Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better um they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton um bird dogs fi- fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can get a waist or fit without having to sacrifice movement and bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long especially in these hot summer days they're super comfy um go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code locked on college for a free yeti style tumbler with your order, that's birddogs.com slash college or a promo code college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Okay, welcome back. We are talking about Colorado transfer news. Um, it finally happened. Um, I'm sure you guys remember the brief tenure that Seydou Traore had at Colorado. Um he finally announced his transfer destination. He was viewed as the top um, top transfer in the portal. He announced his destination, and I wanted to break down a little bit why um, he left and why um, it just didn't work out at Colorado. So everybody was very excited when Colorado lands Sadu Traore. Um, one of the he, I believe he was the top tight end, or he was the top top 50 player for sure in the portal when he entered um, had a great season at Arkansas state this past year um, had 50 catches for, let me see, 655 yards and four touchdowns was supposed to come in and be a matchup nightmare. Um, he's has wide receiver background, too athletic for linebackers to keep up with too big for safeties to kind of try and cover. So he was the perfect, perfect tight end. Um, but turns out he didn't want to be the perfect tight end. Um, after transferring to Colorado, he ended up at Boulder coming into Boulder at 210 pounds. Um, which if you guys aren't aware, um, when he played at Arkansas state, he was 230 pounds. And so he definitely was wanting to switch to a wide receiver. Um, and that was something that I was told multiple times, uh, throughout his, his tenure at Colorado was he wasn't pleased with the role. He wanted to be a, a wide receiver, not a tight end. Um, so after spending the spring, I don't think he didn't play in the spring game. After spending the spring in Boulder, he opted to transfer again um, with the notion that wherever he goes, he wants to play receiver. And obviously he is not a graduate transfer. So the portal window opened and closed. So he didn't really get a chance to um, go through the portal process and find a new home right away, which he did find a new home um, a few days ago. So good for him. He's going to be making the jump from, I don't really know if he's technically made the jump from the Pac-12 to the SEC, but he's making the jump to the SEC. Um, he announced his commitment to Mississippi State, uh, where he'll have a chance to play wide receiver. Um, I think it would have been interesting to see what he could have done at receiver, but 
Obviously, I think there's a reason that he was moved to tight end. I don't know if he has everything that wide receivers need, um, but I think realistically, at the end of the day, it's up to what he wants to do. Um, the only interesting thing, though, is he will not be eligible right away. Um, he has obviously he's a second time transfer, which means he already used technically his one time transfer rule or one time transfer, and so he will be applying for a waiver is what he said, but I don't know if it's going to be granted. Um, so Sadiq Traore might be sitting out until 2024 um, unless he gets the waiver to play. Um, but that's enough about guys leaving. Let's talk about someone who they brought in. Colorado still making efforts, not really in the portal, but in the recruiting, um, kind of in the portal, I guess. They brought in Jeremiah McCrimmon, um, an offensive lineman, who is a bounce back, oddly enough, from Mississippi State. Uh, so he went to Mississippi State as a walk-on, preferred walk-on in 2021. Um, redshirted, then went to Cahoma, or Coahoma Community College in 2022, um, where he was coached under Terrence Metcalf, a seven-year NFL veteran, veteran um, who's the father of DK Metcalf. Um, much like Colorado, they had a one-wood season, but McCrimmon assured that he will no longer be a part of at McCrimmon assured that he will no longer be at CC see prior to his commitment to the buffs um he announced that he's committing to colorado and he will be making the move from the magnolia state to the centennial state which don't don't know what centennial is but shout out to him <laughs> this is what he told 24 7 out of all the schools i've been to the colorado campus is the most beautiful everything out here looks so natural not man-made vibes like most places it's hard to explain but it's beautiful um he comes in at 6'6 310 pounds um, can play both tackle or guard, um, and he is one of the four other junior college guys that Colorado's brought in. Um, in the offensive line room, they have Isaiah Jada, Jack Wilty, Landon Beebe, and Kareem Harden. Um, they all went to the, they all came from the JUCO route. Um, and when he talked about his, what he brings to the table, he said, "I really wouldn't point out one specific attribute because I feel like my game is all in one. If I'm missing one thing, then the whole ship can really crash." Um, I feel like my technique, my power, my agility, quickness is everything that's packaged into one. Um, he's the only scholarship only scholarship offering from Colorado um, that received a po- – wow, excuse me. He received an offer from the postgraduate camp in May, um, was what I was trying to say. Uh, he was the only offer that got that he got, I believe. Um, the camp was one, of, was one of three for college athletes from around the country to try out. Um, and he's the only one that was offered by Colorado after the camp. So they obviously saw with a lot of potential there. Um, and like I said earlier, when I was talking about my concerns that could prevent Colorado from making a bowl game, offense line was one of them. So bringing in more bodies, more experience, the better. Um, obviously, he didn't play at Mississippi State, but that's experience in the SEC system, experience blocking against big guys. Um, and I think this Colorado – I think – by bringing in more offensive linemen, I think it shows that they are still a little concerned, uh, as they should be. Um, but I also think it shows that they're going to have a lot of depth. And so there's going to be a lot of options, um, which is a good thing. Um, but we'll see how it turns out. By the way, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Buster first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. So make sure to tune in, my everydayers. If you guys won't want to miss Friday's episode, we are going to have Max Brown on. Um, he is the former USC quarterback who has a lot of things to talk about um he has a lot of good experiences um once he's going to join us and talk about the pressures of being a quarterback at a, a big program like Shadur will be this upcoming season um also at the end of july we're gonna have brett sianka on um the owner of 
pick six previews, which is one of the most successful um, power five previews in all of college football. So he'll be joining us um, sometimes sometime at the end of July. So we got a lot of great guests coming up. You guys won't want to miss out. Um, but yeah, so we got say Detroit and Mississippi State and then McCrimmon, um, first name slipping my mind already, Jeremiah McCrimmon um, going to the bus to add more depth to that offensive line room, which is one of the bigger concerns for just about everybody. And I think if they they hold up, this offense should be clicking. If they don't hold up, this offense will have issues. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about why one of our close friends of the show said that Colorado's offense and defense are one of the most improved units in all of college football. Welcome back. We're talking about why the offense and defense are the most improved units and some one of the most improved units in all of college football. Um, Raymond Lucas Jr., friend of the show, um, he's come on a couple times. Uh, this is what he said. He wrote he broke down every unit in college football that he felt was the most improved heading into 2023. For Colorado, they got the nod on both sides of the ball. He said Colorado was a tough to watch last season as it got eviscerated by except for every foe against got eviscerated by every foe except for California, which was the only team that the Buffs beat, which was an exciting win. Um, things were different, though. Uh, Deion Sanders brought in uh, the number – oh, wow. They brought in the number two transfer class, according to 24-7. Someone dethroned them. Uh, 51 transfers, and that's a pretty big number. Among them is a dual-position sophomore, Travis Hunter, who brings star power to the receiver and defense back room. Colorado could silence the critics or struggle, but either way, both sides of the ball should drastically be better than last season. Yeah, I totally agree here. Um, both sides of the ball should be better. Offensively, they have a much better quarterback situation in terms of the starter. Um, I've talked about it. If Shadur goes down for some reason, which God forbid, don't want that to happen, uh, I don't feel confident in Colorado's quarterbacks behind him. Running backs, though. Colorado may have one of the most slept-on running backs room in the country. Receivers really like what they did at receiver. They brought in the USF dude, Jimmy Horn. Uh, Xavier Weaver, and then they brought in Javon Antonio, who is a absolute monster. Tavares Dawson, uh, who he's one of those guys that I thought maybe wouldn't get a lot of playing time. He's proven himself in these summer workouts. Uh, just the other day, it was uh, not leaked, but it was revealed who was faster, um, him or Dylan Edwards. Who Dylan Edwards said he was the fastest guy on the team, and Tavares was the fastest, clocked the fastest speed um, on the roster. So that's exciting. Um, tight end. Obviously, they lost Sadie Traore, but they still have some solid options there. Titans not used that heavily in Sean Luce's offense anyway. Um, defensively, they got a lot of guys on defense. They got some good edge rushers. They got Derek McClendon in the second. They got Jordan Dominic. They got uh, Bishop Thomas, Amari McNeil. Um, they got a lot of big body defensive linemen who could come in right away. Shane Cokes was probably the captain of that unit who could come in right away, um, help stop the run, help contain these talented quarterbacks because that's what's that's what it comes down to is containing the quarterbacks and if you can't do that you're gonna have some issues uh who else we got the safeties oh my gosh let me talk to you about the safeties real quick the safeties for colorado they got six starting caliber safeties and realistically they got miles slusher shiloh sanders trevor woods uh, roderick ward Vito tisdale uh, cameron Simon, craig they got so many talent so many talented players at safety it's gonna be interesting to see who gets the nod there and then they also at corner, obviously outside of uh, opposite of Travis Hunter, they have Cormani McLean, the five star. Um, so a lot of excitement to be had there. Uh, realistically, this team has upgraded everywhere. That's why I think the bowl game is so reasonable. They have upgrades everywhere. Um, they're going to be coached much better than last year's team was. They have a lot. You have a lot to look forward to if you're a Colorado friend. And I think 
it's no surprise that they have the most improved units on both sides of the ball um, because they do. They brought in so many talented transfers. It's going to be a great season for the Buffs, and I look forward to seeing it, and I look forward to watching it with you guys every step of the way. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked on Buffs. I am Kevin Borba. This has been another great episode. Make sure to like, subscribe. Um, I want to get to 3,000 subscribers pretty soon here, maybe get to 10 by the start of the season. Uh, we don't know if that happens. But uh, I appreciate you guys for tuning in every single day and won't want to miss out. we got some great guests coming up, so make sure to subscribe.